2: minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back packers fans to the pack a day podcast the thursday edition of the pack a podcast is upon us already and we are almost at the end of the 2023 calendar year it's hard to believe i am half of your thursday crew jason perrone i'm on twitter slash x at jason Perone. you can also find the quick slants podcast that i do over at game on wisconsin every monday with me as always a pack report is mark eckel and mark here we are it's another christmas i moved mean, this is like our fifth christmas together <laughs> is it that many yeah 2019 wow. started back in wow. 2019 so how well, we, are
1: uh, we didn't we didn't we didn't start together
2: no, we didn't start I, together. We started, I, I, we, I, I our pod, first. our podcasting of- tandem began in 2019. Oh, we did? We did.
1: Okay. When did the when did Pack a Day start? 2018?
2: I think it was in 20. Yeah, I was not part of the original crew that was on oh, no? every week. And then I I, okay. I, I I subbed in quite a bit. And then I was paired up with you and the you rest of you. You were my history.
1: second partner because I started with a guy named um, Jake. Yep. And then he left. And then they put me. But You and I were only on. I was I was only with you like every other week at first. Yes, and then all and then it was then it was you, uh, you and I and Paul for a while. Yep. And then Paul's too big for us now. Yeah, he's he's doing big things, man. He's showing up Paul, on
2: all the major radio yeah, shows. He, he, and... he,
1: he, he's too big for us.
2: Yeah, he, he, he's he got too. Big. He's yeah. in the auditorium after the games. <laughs> he's he's where we wish we we could have been after this the the game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh no, I,
1: I'm glad I wasn't there for that as a former
2: media member that's what i was asking you oh, before God. the show and 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 for our audience to peel back the curtain a little bit because you actually sat in that seat right there i mean oh, lot but to- but the thing is, is 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 i think you've told me before andy didn't really have meltdowns
1: no he didn't uh ray i mean i andy's not the only coach i covered though no and well and and andy lied a lot uh they all they all do but yeah. i mean all right, let's. All right, if if you're going to lead me to, because let's let's not let's not Bury like, the we're, lead. We're here to talk Yeah. About so obviously, defense. obviously the, job, the game. So, so Joe Joe Barry's the story this week, right? I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, I I respect whoever asked Lafleur right after the game. Is he going to fire Barry? But there's no way. I've never in all my years of not just my own coverage but other teams, I've never heard a coach fire an assistant. 20 minutes after a game. I mean, there was no way he was going to say, you know, 20 minutes after losing an awful game at home to Tampa Bay, yeah, I'm fired, Joe. I'm glad you asked that because, yeah, I'm, I'm going to fire him as soon as I go back in there. And when I'm done with you guys, I'm going to go in there and tell him mm-hmm. that, that ain't going to happen. That's just, I mean, you know, yeah, okay, it was a question to ask. It had to be kind of asked, I guess, but not, it wasn't going to happen then. Now, Monday, it could have. Right, I've, that's happened several times. You know, this this year it's happened a couple of times. Pittsburgh fired their offensive coordinator. Yeah. The Eagles just fired. Although what the Eagles did was weird, they fired them, but they didn't get rid of them. They just they demoted them. They they didn't fire them. They got they replaced Sean DeSai with Matt Patricia, but they didn't fire DeSai. They just told DeSai he's no longer the coordinator. He's Doing something else. I want to qualify just,
2: that the Steelers fired Matt Canada after his stellar performance against the Green Bay Packers when the Steelers beat the Packers a few weeks ago.
1: Was it right after that game, or was it? I wasn't it was two right weeks
2: later. Wasn't right it was after. Like, no, yeah. it was. It was right, like right. yeah, it was a it week was, or it was two after. after, after. The loss. But
1: yeah, it was, yeah. So I mean, yeah, and all right. So as a as a former re- reporter that covered, a, was on, that was on a beat for a long, long, long time, Matt Lafleur's answers to questions about Joe Barry and the defense are a little confusing.
2: Yeah, just a bit.
1: And sometimes I'll blame the writers for not pursuing, but they they're not going. I mean, they're he's he <laughs> listen, if Matt LaFleur wants to keep Joe Barry, that's his prerogative. I mean, I, I don't I wouldn't, I don't think I think ninety some percent of Packer fans wouldn't. But he's the head coach. If he feels for whatever reason Barry is good enough to keep, well say that. Defend them. He's not defending them. He's kind of dancing well, around it. Well, but worse than that, he's he's blaming him in a lot of ways. The coaching wasn't good enough. Okay, the we were you know our communication wasn't good enough. Well, that's on coaching, right? Right. Like every every quote about why the defense played so poorly this past week was geared toward not being ready and not being not making the right call. They were all geared toward the coach screwed up. Like he didn't—he didn't one time say, you know, we missed too many tackles, or because that's not coaching. Missing tackles is obviously you—that you had the guy in the right spot. He just missed a tackle, right? Or, or nothing. There's nothing that he said that put it on the players. He put it on. I mean, I guess the player is not getting the the thing, whatever it was. But I mean, if I just read the quotes and, and didn't know what happened, I would say oh God, I guess he fired Barry.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one of my favorites was when he said that as confused and dumbfounded as you were watching it, I was as well. Yeah, so uh, that that to me tells, that, that to me says that you're probably looking at making a change. You just aren't doing it right now for reasons that are internal. We can speculate all day as to whether it has to do with the team, the hierarchy, because remember, they've got that system where it's Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekunst, Matt LaFleur. It's still kind of the similar thing. Brian Gudikins isn't a pure boss of Matt LaFleur's as no, general Murphy manager. Right. So you've got input there. You know there were some theories about whether it's because it's the holidays. I don't know. I mean, you yeah. can't really afford to let that stuff cloud your judgment because pretty soon it's gonna. You know, you know if you if you remove Joe Barry from the equation, and I think that's probably what's going to happen once the season is over. With now the spotlight is firmly on Matt Lafleur because he's going to have to replace anybody that gets let go, whether it's Joe Barry or anybody on the staff. And he's taken a lot of he Matt Lafleur has taken a lot of criticism after this week when they in in hindsight in hindsight in retrospect for his hiring of his staff. And I think it's justified.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think that I'm glad you said that because I think I think Barry didn't get fired for, for a couple of reasons. One is the number one reason is I don't think LaFleur feels anyone on the current staff. Now, I don't know this staff that well. I'm not there. I liked some things about the secondary coach. I do. But I don't think he feels there's anybody. If, let's put it this way. If Jerry Gray was still on the staff, I think there's a better chance Barry could have gotten fired and he, and he could have put Gary Gray, who who has been a defensive coordinator at different stops through his career. Mm-hmm. He could have easily said, all right, like the Eagles. Did. The Eagles got rid of – and, again, I'm always comparing Eagles, but they actually did something this week that that's very similar. They were in a similar boat. And, again, I think it was a bad – Matt Patricia I don't think is any good at all, and he let Drew Locke go 92 yards against him Monday night to beat him. So, but, but they had a guy that had done it before on the, you know, sitting around the building. So they, they had a you know what I'm saying? They, they had a guy that, 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 that was there. So I think that's the number one reason is that I don't think LaFleur is comfortable enough with anyone to serve as an interim coordinator for, for the next, for the last three, three games. I don't think the holiday people said, Oh, he didn't want to fire him around Christmas. Well, he's still getting paid. If Joe Barry gets fired tomorrow, he's Joe Barry's not going to make any less money. If he gets fired tomorrow, or the day after the season, or as you texted me when we were going back and forth in March, yeah, which paid. is
2: which was made up. It was an arbitrary month. <laughs> I, well, know, I-, I
1: know, I I read that completely wrong. <laughs> Actually, firing Joe Barry around Christmas would be a good, like, it'd give him time to spend time with his family at Christmas instead right. of being in Carolina. <laughs> right. It would, have been a, it would have been a nice thing to do. He still because listen, coaches still get paid when they get fired. I don't contract, know how long yeah. Joe Barry's contract is for, but I know it's at least till the end of the year, if not further, he's going to get paid all that money, whether he's coordinating or not. So yeah, Christmas, I don't think I got anything to do with it.
2: I think the fans saying Christmas was really more of an indictment of their, their feelings about Matt LaFleur being too loyal, leading, you know, thinking with his heart, not his head. No, right. oh, it's Christmas. I can't let my friend, they know that he's close with Joe Barry before he hired him. And they're still probably close. But at some point, you have to, as a head coach, your messaging is not, your expectations and your messaging is just not coming across right. And I heard something earlier this week about how Matt LaFleur, this is the defense that he wants to run. I think he thought Joe Barry would come in and maybe run it a little bit differently, more effectively, better, whatever it is. But at this, at this juncture here, based on the fact that you brought in Barry after you had Mike Pettin, and it really wasn't that big of a change. Before Pettin, it was Dob Capers. Right there's not not a huge world of change between all of these these defenses at least as far as I know maybe there is and I just you know I don't I'm not an X's and O guy here but I don't at some point Matt Lafleur has to answer for his hires or you might hear start see rumblings of hey Gudikus getting involved I don't know if Mark Murphy because yes. he's he's done after next year I don't think he's really going to get too heavily involved in much because he's got a limited time left but you know everybody's jobs on the line because Brian Gutekunst is like hey I picked these players but if you got you got this guy out here and he doesn't know what he's doing or he's not effective and these players are bad and they end up going somewhere else I mean that's going to eventually reflect on me everybody's going to get under the microscope from this whole situation here and I know it's we're looking very carefully at Joe Barry but to your point the comments that Matt LaFleur made were different this week it wasn't the schema it wasn't the player stuff like the communication and all that that that's those things yeah there's a green dot on the field but I thought the media like Matt Schneidman really asked the pointed question was like hey I'm not gonna make the mistake of not following up and he said are you thinking about making a change Matt LaFleur said today I'm not and he qualified it with today and he said certain things that make me believe that there is a very short leash that Joe Barry's on now I'll ask you this if Let's say that these next 3 games are what is either going to save or not save Joe Barry or Joe Barry can only be saved with what he does over these next 3 games. What would he have to do? What would this team have to do in order for you to say okay, you should keep him and Joe Barry should stay?
1: There's nothing in my mind there's nothing he can do. I mean, I got All right, but I'll since you asked, they have to well up they, they have to win all 3, right? They have to win all 3. Mhm and the defense now they're playing uh, they're not playing you know the 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 Eagles Cowboys and 49ers they're playing the the team with the worst record in football with a struggling rookie quarterback that's that's the Carolina Panthers and Bryce Young
2: now they did just win a game but you're right
1: they did but they won 9-7 right <laughs> right yes. okay and they have they have two wins both of their wins came on last second field goals <laughs> then they play Minnesota they, they, you know, quarterback de jour for them. They don't know who's playing quarterback week to week. It's right. Mullins. It's it's it Dobbs, Dobbs. Dobbs goes Dobbs goes from the hero to inactive. I mean, is Mullins starting again this week? Have have, have the Vikings announced? I
2: haven't even sure. looked. at that's a that's a weird situation too. I guess I guess be glad that you have your own problems, so you don't have someone else's.
1: Right. I mean, minister. So you're not facing. You're facing a a backup quarterback. Whoever the Vikings put out there is going to be a career backup, whether it's Mullins or Dobbs. And so, I mean, whoever it is, it's not good. And then everybody's, every Packer fans, favorite quarterback, Justin Fields, the last week who, you know, he can run all day. He's a great runner, but he's um, in my, in my opinion, you know, and and I, and I know the bears were playing a little bit better and Fields is playing a little bit better, but he's still not good. I mean, and he's a guy that the Packers have never lost to and, and is, and have pretty much dominated since he's been there. So, Uh, Again, so even if the Packers win all three, make the playoffs, do they say? Does that put it this way? Let me. I'm going to say say this, and I didn't think I'd ever say this. If making the playoffs means Joe Barry comes back, I'd rather not make the playoffs. Do you agree with me on that?
2: Yeah, it's hard for me to say. But I mean, I we have to think it, because you don't ever want to not have a playoff run, but this is not a championship team. And we have to think long term here and just say, do you really want to sacrifice next year and the year after where there is evidence that this offense is really good, can get really mm-hmm. good, be even better next year? And if there's any semblance of improvement, or more effectiveness on the defensive side of the ball, the Packers are right back in the mix, then, yeah, I want, I want the change. Right. I mean, I, I all season long have on this show and on my <laughs> own show, and, and, and I've kind of skipped over Joe Barry. And it's not because I think he's good or was trying to make excuses for him. I was at one point earlier in the season saying, hey, the players are missed. there because They were missing a lot of tackles and the run defense and all that kind of stuff. But it was mostly because the whole team wasn't performing well. And I just, I skipped over Joe Barry and went straight to Matt LaFleur. And, and, well, we, yeah. mm-hmm. and we talked about that many, many times on this show. I went straight to Matt LaFleur. and was just like, and the one of the reasons why is because even in 2021, when they were the one seed, Joe Barry was the defensive coordinator early in that season. And if I remember correctly, it was as early as week two or three. Matt LaFleur went in front of the media and basically said, Hey, Joe and I had a conversation and we had to talk about what I need from him and what, what we need the defense to do. And Then it was like, okay, they got some things whipped into shape, and obviously they had a pretty good season. They were the one seed in the NFC. And Aaron Rodgers was an MVP quarterback, again, which is also helpful when your defense maybe doesn't always play that great. But this is is a pattern that's gone on for a long time, and it's like, okay, we're in year three of this, and the defense has... You could argue we could get semantical and go back and look through the schedule and say, "Well, which games were lost by the offense? Which games were lost by the defense?" Cuz remember the offense was was also really crappy at the beginning of the year too. They weren't which even expected. They weren't expected. even scoring. They weren't I know, but they weren't even scoring points until the second half, sometimes not even until the fourth quarter. But now we're at the point where, okay, if you're and this is me grading on a curve, if you're going to beat the Lions and the Chiefs in consecutive weeks, then you the standard is the standard. You've heard this said before. Right, the standard is the standard. Then you had to win. Honestly, I know that you said it was ridiculous, and there there was going to be a hiccup at some point. Okay, fine. We thought it was last week against you know uh, Tommy Stromboli and and <laughs> and the Giants, but that wasn't that wasn't it. Apparently, this is we we're back to Problemville here in Green Bay, and we're disappointed, and we're disappointed to the point where where, where all the conversation over these last two days has been Joe Barry, and that's that's like okay, Matt Lafleur. You're ultimately captaining the ship, defense, offense, special teams. So, what is the what is the plan here? And this is where I said I don't know that this is a strong suit here because leadership is of a football team. I, everybody points to Dan Campbell. I, I he's a special kind. He's a different kind of leader. You've got Bill Belichick. You know, everybody wants to point to the the really really good, outspoken, easy examples. This this is just. It's another example of how I think the, the theory about whether Matt LaFleur is fit and cut out to be a head coach and everything that comes with a head coach hiring your staff, getting your team ready, setting the culture, setting the vibe, expectations, being able to have the tough conversations with your assistant coaches all comes into into question and like like I said earlier in the show. It's all warranted at this point. Now, I don't I'm not saying that because I think Matt LaFleur is in trouble. I don't think he's in trouble at all. I think he's back unless something really really oddball happens over the next Three weeks, we're not even going to talk about Matt Lafleur and his job security because I think he's fine, and I'm okay with that. But if he's going to pick the next defensive coordinator, Mark, how do you feel about that?
1: Well, let me back up. I agree with everything you said, and you've convinced me. You were on Lafleur early, early, early. Yeah, before the season. Yeah, you were putting it on Lafleur. He was your I forget what what show we did. Biggest concern. Biggest concern. Biggest concern. And you said Matt Lafleur, and I was like, whoa, okay. But, I, you know, you opened my eyes a little bit there. I, I, I'm not – everything that you just said I agree with in that he's a – you know what he is? I mean, listen, you, I give him credit. For, Jordan Love has become a very good quarterback. Now, I don't – I mean, Love may have been a good quarterback no matter who he who, who was playing for. I don't, I don't know that. And we'll never know that. But LaFleur deserves some credit for Love's progress. I have to give him credit. Uh, these young receivers – have gotten better. They were they were not they were not when when you said the offense was struggling early. Yeah, they were because they just looked and they were, and it was somewhat expected because they were so darn young. I mean, I, I've never seen a team with a a first-year starting quarterback. Now, yes, it was his fourth NFL season, but still a first-time starter with nothing but rookie and second with guys even younger than him at all the receiver spots. I mean, that was that was a heck of a gamble that the team took. And now we're near the end of the year and it's starting to work out where you see, you know, Wicks and and Dobbs and Reed and Watson when he plays, you know, coming into their own. And and both – I can't wait to see Musgrave and Kraft play together.
2: Man, at this point now, now that it's – and I feel like this season has just been a constant, like – you know, ships passing in the night. They're not floating together in the water. Once we can get everybody all on yeah. the field at one so, time, man, so, it's going to be beautiful.
1: So with all that said, I i, I have to give LaFleur – but that means – all that means to me is – and somebody put on Twitter about, you know, giving him all the credit for that, and I'm like, that's great. That means he's a good offensive coordinator. But he's not the, he's not the Green Bay Packers offensive coordinator. He's their head coach. So, yes, give him a plus – for how the offense has grown and and loves progress and receivers progress and and even some of the offensive linemen for that for, for, for that matter, R- Rashid Walker all of a sudden looks like a pretty good tackle now. He had his ups and downs. Now he's looking pretty good. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I'll give him all that. But that's an offensive coordinator, right? You know, he's not the he's the Packers head coach, which means the defense being bad. Yes, Joe Barry's to blame, but so's Matt Lafleur. Right. If special teams messes up. Yeah, Rich Bisakia is to blame, but so is Matt LaFleur. Mm-hmm. Anything that goes wrong, and, and, and vice versa. If the defense gets real good, Matt LaFleur deserves credit for that. The expectations,
2: still, yeah, the expectations. He's uh, the
1: head coach. He's yeah. not the offensive coordinator. He's yeah. the head coach. So everything falls under his good or bad, it falls under him. So, yeah, I'm, you say, he, you know, you think he's not on a – I don't know. I mean, if they, what, what if they lose out? Then he would be. Yes. See, that's what I said. I think now there's
2: there's it's a mic. It's, we're on our, under a microscope. There's a lot of eyes on the Packers right now because of the chatter and everything that's going on. And a lot of it is amongst fans on social media. Not always, though. I mean, Andy did his film grades. Dan Orlovsky got on on film. Mike Wall. All of people who have all of the former players have have come out and, and Brian Bulaga on the radio shows. It's. I think everybody agrees that this is not the defense that the Packers want to. I, the execution and, and the way that they want to be playing on defense.
1: No. And, and it is like, again, and early in the year, not that I defended Joe. And I, and I w- would always say listen, I'm not defending Joe Barry. Cause he's never like, he's not the guy that I want Yeah. I don't think he was anybody's first choice. <laughs> you know, not including that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Leonard was and it, the, the punk wanted to stay in college and he got fired there too. Good. Great, great decision there, Leonard. I don't, and I don't want him by the way. when, I, when, when they hire somebody, I'm, I'm done with that guy. And I know all the Badger fans will be upset, but guess what? The Badgers aren't, aren't any good, so I don't care what Badger fans think because they're they're they don't matter to me.
2: Yeah, um, and I think that's I think the Leonard train is softened up. I don't think good. I don't think many are calling for him. Good, I hope not.
1: Um, I have some names I'll throw at you later, maybe. But but I, when I did when I somewhat when I said I'm not defending Joe Barry, but he didn't. You know when when the Packers were missing 14 tackles in a game, well, that wasn't Joe Barry's fault. He had the players where they were supposed to be. They just missed a tackle or. When they would drop an interception, well, he had the guy in the right spot, and the quarterback threw him the ball, and Barry didn't say drop it. You know, I mean, so there were things that were going on at times where I couldn't blame Barry, right? I mean, I, you, players have to take responsibility too, just like when the, when the good things happen. Well, now it looks like, especially like I'm gonna, and again they got to six and six, they beat the 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 team that's going to probably win the North, the Detroit Lions. Beat them pretty good. And then beat the Kansas City Chiefs. The team is probably going to, not probably, they're going to win the AFC West and probably beat a, a two or three, probably a two seed in the AFC. That's two impressive wins. So they, they showed they were good enough to do that. Then they played a New York Giants who, guess what? They're not going to win another game. That was mm-hmm. the Giants' last win against the Packers. They got blown out by the Saints. Guess what? The Saints got the Saints had seven sacks last week. Seven which pushes the Giants total to 76. Mm-hmm. None of which came against the Green Bay Packers.
2: That is a good point. And the Giants game, although is now firmly in the rear view mirror because we have another bad game after it that happened. These all of these things are just and, and I don't know. I kind of question myself where I'm like, these things can happen to any football team. We saw some really good Packers teams lose games. I mean, I'm going way back here. But you and I have even talked about that 97 team that lost to the Colts. I think that was the Colts' first win of the year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Way back then. And so mm-hmm. we've seen stuff like that happen before. And, and so I kind of questioned and I was like, am I just being petulant fan, you know, pissed off because my team lost a game and they needed to win? But these things stacking on top of each other is the problem. And one of the, the things that I was thinking about as you were talking about that was you're – Expectations and, and your your what you're looking for should be clear. I, I mean, is it possible that Joe Barry just doesn't know what Matt Lafleur is expecting of him at this point? Because to me, it seems like it's it's more likely that Joe Barry is crystal clear and knows exactly what Matt Lafleur wants, isn't delivering, and so you have to wonder what's the accountability.
1: Well, yeah, and that's how do he? I mean, if there's are such for good friends, like. People want to tell me they are. Well, don't they? Like then, don't they talk? I mean, I know I've been in situations and I've seen situations where the head coach and the coordinators aren't good friends and they don't get along. Well, the the all-time classic is going way back in the '80s of Buddy Ryan and Mike Dickett. They hated each other. Mm -hmm. They they didn't talk at all, but they both were very good at what they did. And Buddy ran the defense, and Ditka ran the offense, and the Bears won a Super Bowl, and they haven't since. But that that can work, but. If you better win with with with, with that happening, um, you know there were rumors more recently that when when the Eagles won the Super Bowl with, with Doug Peterson that him and Jim Schwartz didn't exactly get along mm-hmm. very well. Mm-hmm. Um, well,
2: and and there's another good example of because we talked about it earlier today. We were we were talking before the show of what can happen when a coach doesn't make moves that they need to
1: make. Well, yeah, that's what I was that, that when when you said about about Lafleur Le, how. How convinced am I that he's going to be the head coach of the Packers next year? Yeah, I think he is. I think it's better than it's probably the high percentage, but it's not 100 percent because, like I said, if they lose out, if they lose even, I mean, if they lose to the Panthers and then the Vikings and then the Bears, somebody on, on at 1265 Lombardi's got to say, whoa, wait a minute now. Yeah. We had things looking pretty good. Now we're going to end we're going to end the season with a with a five game losing streak, losing to some of the worst teams in the league. And that makes that – guess what? If you lose to the worst teams in the league, what's that make you? Right. One of the worst teams in the league? Yes. So if you look at it, the Packers, they've beaten the two best teams on their schedule, in my opinion. The Chiefs and the Lions. Right? That, mm-hmm. That's the two best teams on their schedule yep. this year. Yep. Am, I, am, I, am I missing nope. somebody? You're right. But they lost to <laughs> a very average Tampa Bay team at home. They lost to a bad Giants team on the road Monday night. Okay, whatever. They lost to an average Denver team. That got blown out by Detroit last week. They, they lost to a below-average Raiders team. Ooh, um, yes. Who else? They, they lost to, a, a below in my opinion, a below-average Pittsburgh Steelers team. Well,
2: look at the Falcons, too. I mean, the, this was the Falcons, week two, but the Falcons have not proven to be very good. Now, the Broncos have played a little bit better, and that but was kind not, of started at, with the win over the Packers, but they still not at the I'm time sure that they played playoffs. them. Yeah.
1: I mean, the Packers only probably only played – I think the Rams, well, the Rams, the game, the Packers beating the Rams, that's probably the third best team, but they didn't have Stafford that day. So that was a different, that was a different Rams team. Yes. I'm not sure the Packers win that game if Matthew Stafford plays. Right. But anyway, if they lose out, I think LaFleur is in a little trouble. And here's the other way he could be in trouble. And like you said, you and I talked about this earlier today, and I've seen this happen. If, if whether it's Guttenkuntz or Murphy, or, or who I guess it would be one of them or both of them, if they go to him after the season and say, let's say they go two and one or whatever they 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 do the last three games and and they miss the playoffs, and they go to and they go to him and say, Matt, you you know, you're 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 you getting rid of Joe, right? And he says, no. Somebody might well one of them might say, listen, Matt, you either get rid of Joe or we're getting rid of you.
3: Mm-hmm. Hey, friends. GameTime is so easy to use with a low price guarantee, event cancellation protection, easy to find tickets, and an even easier to use app. GameTime is the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, and they are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through emails and have those same panicky moments that I did the day of a game. So next time you're buying tickets, make sure you snag them using GameTime, stress-free. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PACADA for $20 off your first purchase terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Packaday for $20 off. Oh, and GameTime is also a great way to buy tickets for a holiday gift. Just make sure to use code Packaday. Download GameTime today, last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league. A league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. I've had so much fun making prize picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy." So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Prize picks. Daily fantasy sports made easy.
2: Yeah, and I, I you know, I d I don't think the the Packers don't typically operate that way. I maybe they do, I don't know. But it just doesn't seem like, you know, I, I kind of Liken them to the the you know the team that reacts and moves as as quickly as an elephant can turn around, <laughs> and and that can be a good thing too because you also don't have a knee jerk owner right. with with the Packers because of the structure, which you know I mean again it can be a good and a and a bad thing here. I think we would take less meddling and letting the business people and the football people do the football stuff, but the results are on the field are what really matters. So all these draft picks, I mean Brian Gutekunst can draft players that are going to end up being great NFL players. But kind of to your point, too, if they end up going and playing somewhere else and they're really good, then that doesn't look good on the coaching staff that was handed mm-hmm. the player that's pretty good. Like if Darnell Savage, because a lot of people are, are of the opinion that if Savage went and played somewhere else and was used in a slot role or in a different type of role, he would be really good. Well, if that happens and Darnell Savage goes somewhere else and he's really good, that's another indictment of the Packers defensive coaches and coaching staff.
1: Absolutely. No, I mean, and and you say, and I know the Packers, their hierarchy is totally different than any other team in any sport. But, I mean, Murphy is not an owner, but he has the power of an owner, right? I mean, he's the one that fired Mike McCarthy, right?
2: I think so, but my, my, my biggest question is, is he still willing to do those things with his tenure so close to being done?
1: I would hope so. I would hope. Because I know it's, it's, he's near the end, but he's still the guy. He's still the team president. He still has the power. I could see him insisting on Barry being gone.
2: It would and, be, I mean, and if that and if that is the case, then
1: then it's on the floor. Do you fire your buddy, or do you say no? I'm going and I'm going down with him.
2: Well, and who who does that? I mean, there's how many coaches in the, and there have probably been a few, but how many coaches in the history of paid jobs, paid coaching jobs, have said, you know what? Fine, I'm going to. I'm gonna. I'm going to well, step that's how down. The,
1: again. I the one, the one that comes to mind to me is Doug Peterson with the Eagles. When Doug had no say no on, on his staff, when when they hired Doug, when 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 the Eagles hired Doug Peterson, he was there was a big gamble. They didn't it was kind of a surprise. Again, it wasn't their first choice. They wanted they wanted Adam Gaze and he took the Miami job instead. And then they they were ready to hire Ben McAdoo, and he took the Giants' job instead. So he was actually their third choice, at least. I mean, there might have been others that that I don't know about. Mm -hmm. Anyway, they they hired Doug Peterson, and Peterson's just thrilled to be head coach, right? I mean, so he's gonna he's not gonna make make waves, you know? They, they this is a this is a I don't know if a lot of people know this. I know Eagle fans do, or some Eagle fans do. They actually hired Jim Schwartz was hired a couple hours before Doug Peterson be defensive coordinator. So Peterson didn't hire Jim Schwartz. Not obviously, and I don't think he hired most of the staff. I think they they kept they kept some people from the pro from the previous staff, like uh, Jeff Statlin, the offensive line coach, and I think the special teams coach stayed. So anyway, Peterson was hired to be the head coach, and here's your coordinators, here's your special teams guy, here's this, here's that. Now go ahead and coach and work with the quarterbacks. And then he wins the Super Bowl. Yeah. So now with Nick. Fouls. Now you're a Super Bowl winning coach, which puts you in elite category, right? And. The next year, they make the playoffs and lose, and a couple of his coaches leave. Frank Reich leaves to be the head coach of the Colts. Schwartz left for they said for personal reasons, but then he kind of bounced back a little bit later on as Tennessee and, and went to Titans. But so now they have to hire new coordinators. Well, Peterson goes in and says, "Well, I want this guy and this guy," and the Eagles say, "No, nah, you know, are not hiring. Nah, no, we don't want him and him." Peterson's like, well, 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 no, that's what I want. I'm, I'm the, I want, I want to promote. He wanted to, to promote from within. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget the guys' names now, but he wanted to promote his quarterback coach, a uh, guy, at Press Taylor, who he has with him in Jacksonville now. He wanted to promote him, and I forget who he wanted on defense, but he wanted it. And they said, no, no, you not no, we're going to go out and get this guy and that guy. And Peterson said, well, no, I'm not coaching, and. and they mutually parted ways. Mm-hmm. Now he's in Jacksonville, right? So it does happen. I mean, uh, I, that's one that I know for for a fact.
2: Well, the other thing that that we haven't talked about. Well, you did a little bit actually about the coordinators getting let go in the in the middle of the season, where it's almost like it's not like you don't have precedent that teams oh, the, right. te- that teams make a change, and not only teams make a change, but teams that are actually doing well. And the Eagles, uh, they're on a bit of a skid right now, but they were the you know arguably the best team in the league at that point, and they're like, listen, we're you know improvement is not like you know final you have to continue to make sure that you're putting your team in the best position you have the right people pushing the buttons and making the calls to to be successful and that's why i think had the had they made the change and let joe berry go which again i have to i have to assume that they're they're can at least considering if not leaning towards then you at least you at least send a message and, and let everybody know what the expectations are. But we aren't in the locker room here. And I, and I we haven't heard any players, to my knowledge, that have come out and said anything where you can look at the statement and say that is 100% a lack of support for Joe Barry. Like we've heard speculation, you know, the Devondre Campbell that we talked about, the, the comments that he made there, those that, that could be eight different things. Right. The Jair Alexander, there's been some opinions that one of the reasons why Jair is not as willing to play is yes, he's hurt. He has a legitimate injury. And but one of the reasons why he's not willing to go at this point until he's a hundred percent where some have said at all is because he doesn't like the system and doesn't want to play for this defensive coordinator. We have no we have no confirmation of that. That is that is wild speculation there. Right. But so I guess what we don't know is if players, if they did let Joe Barry go, would be upset. I know that sounds ridiculous right now. People are looking at, at their their <laughs> to listening devices like I'm crazy. And I understand that, but we really
1: don't know, Mark. No, we don't. But we also but we know this. Like, all right, so as you said, no one has come out, no player has come out and criticized Joe Barry publicly. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. To the best of my knowledge, I haven't seen a quote. I've seen some, you know, things, but not no one's come out and said, you know, taking a shot at Barry. But on the other hand, the players know what's going on. Players, they know too much. They, they're they on social media too much. They, and that's Devontae Campbell's problem. Stay off. If I was a player, I would never be on, be on it. I, I wouldn't want to hear how great I am, and I wouldn't want to hear fans kill me either. So, mm-hmm. but they know what's going on, right? They they, they know Bar- that Matt LaFleur was asked, is Joe Barry getting fired, right? They they know what the fans are saying. They know what the writers are writing. They, they know what the radio hosts are talking about. They know what everybody, they know. Well, I haven't seen Rashawn Gary or Kenny Clark or Preston Smith or anybody quoted as saying, hey, this isn't Joe's fault. Joe's a great coordinator. It's us. We're not, we have to play harder for Joe. Joe's, Joe's doing his, I haven't seen any of that either. You're right. So that's that's a little damning, I think
2: when it's not coming from both sides. And I think, yeah, the the Packers are an organization where when praise is there to be had, they're pretty vocal about it. Players are usually, players usually come out and say, and we've seen support. I, I I recall back when they had Isaac Yadam was the corner. And he, after he was cut, he, he came out and still was supportive of Maurice Drayton when the Packers let him go. So it's it's happened before. Players have been complimentary of of coaches. And you're right The the players do know what's going on. I guess if there's one one thing that's good is that what we don't want to see is a an obvious sign of a, you know, a, a just completely fractured locker room. And we don't have that going on. And if it is Not going yet. on, the Packers have done a really good job of hiding it because I haven't seen any evidence of it. And frankly, I don't think that could possibly be the case based on the way that. They're at least trying on the field, but it did look. And I mean, it's it's hard to argue. It's hard. It's hard to support and and argue in favor of what the defense did when you gave up a perfect passer rating to about the most average quarterback in all of the NFL. And the and the fact that in the sixty year history, sixty plus year history of this venue, Lambeau Field, uh, and there were some really bad Packers teams that played on that field. Mm-hmm. There has never been a passer that had a
1: day like that. Uh, yeah, again, yeah. like I said, I'm not letting the Giants go down the field and beat you, and then letting Baker and Mayfield look like the Joe Montana and Tom Brady combined was was is uncalled for, is 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 grounds for firing. It just is, and I don't like. I'm, I'm not the guy that fires coaches left and right. I don't. Um, like I said early in the year, and even last year, and you know, I pointed out a couple times that you know it's not it's not all the coach. It's playing. You know? Well, no, this time I can't. This time it's. I, I he, Joe Barry can't, can't, I mean, listen, if they want to finish the year because, like I said, LaFleur Le, doesn't feel there's anyone that he can promote. Well, that's, that's kind of damning of your staff. But Joe Barry can't be back in 2024. He just, it, it, it's, it would be a waste of, you know, I like think people said that the, the Packers wasted Aaron Rodgers by not drafting him, receipt, whatever they, whatever they say about that. Well, you'd be wasting Jordan Love by not giving him a good enough defense.
2: I mean, you've got all of this high-level talent, and I, I do believe it is high-level talent. I like what I've seen from Lucas Van Ness. We all know Rashad Gary's great. Kenny Clark is, is a first-round pick a long time ago. He turned out very well. Stokes, injuries, okay, we don't know. Jair, when he played and was effective, very good. Quay Walker's a good player. Quay Walker's at very athletic. Devontae Wyatt's coming on. He's kind of up, down. It's hard to tell what trajectory exactly he's on, but you have these players out there, it's been three years. You can't afford, in my opinion here, you can't afford to waste another year and not get a fresh set of eyes, ideas, options, schematics, whatever it be, the culture, the vibe, all of that stuff needs a look because you've got to, and if I'm Brian Gutekunst, I am banging this drum because I picked these players and Again, you don't want to see these guys go somewhere else and be great and be like, "Oh, we did make, we did get it right. We did pick a great player and now he's wearing a different uniform." Or even worse, playing against us in the division or whatever it be. And you've got to give yourself the chance to say, "Hey, we need to know. Did we biff the picks here or is it the coaching because we have an offense that within a year or two here can can get us deep into the playoffs if the defense can do the same." Uh, that's called a Super Bowl contender. And can you afford to not put that out there? Because that's what it's all about. It's all about results. It's a results-based business. We've heard all the cliches. And that's that's one of the biggest reasons why if it, and I don't think this is the case, but if there is no intention right now, if as of right now, as as we speak these words, they don't have any intention of moving on from Joe Barry, then... My fanhood is, and I, I were to find that out, my fanhood is going to change. If they don't let Joe Barry go after this season, regardless of how things go, I mean, I sure, I guess they could win out, catch fire, and, and go on some magical seven seed playoff run, and you know, who knows? I guess you know, any, anything's up for debate. But at this point, right now, based on the last three years, I feel pretty good uh, placing a bet on that Joe Barry should should be looking for other employment after this. And if he if he isn't, then I already know kind of what my take is going to be on next year because what else can it possibly be we have we already have enough evidence, and it's just you know the definition of insanity like we've like we said
1: no I'm with you hundred percent they you know like i said if if they want I would have done it monday i would have and i would have i'm not sure who I would have put in that role, but maybe rich Versace. I don't know, and made the the assistant special team's guy in charge of i don't I don't know I would have done i i, I don't know i I'd have to look at the staff closer. To, to see who but I would have I would have done it then and that would have been you know but I'm not the head coach Matt LaFleur decided not to for whatever his reasons are and he, he, and he didn't explain his reasons very well as we started to show by, by saying his his quotes were not nearly he didn't defend Joe Barry with any of his quotes he he kind of put blame on him with some of them but i
2: I think it was i think it was the classic like i don't want to give anything concrete here but i also think matt lafleur is like hey listen at some point i have to protect my own reputation so i can go out there and not slam on joe barry but he was nothing for him to support you can't go out there and support joe barry for anything that happened in the tampa game it was just Mm a it was just a complete it was just a complete failure i mean I have all these metaphors that I've come up with for Joe Barry. And I think he's a guy who it's almost like, you know, when, when the intern gets a chance to like be a co-host on the radio show because someone's out or, you know, he gets, he gets a shot or something like that and he comes into the studio and he's all wide eyed and wow, look at this, look at all these buttons and look at these headphones and this microphone. This is, this is what it's really like. And you're just kind of, soaking it up and all that kind of stuff like that to me is almost like the level of ability that Joe Barry has he's somebody that just he's everywhere he goes he coaches like it's his first time doing the job and so I guess I'm curious what Matt LaFleur thought he was getting we've talked a million times about what Joe Barry is and we know who he is I'm really curious what Matt LaFleur thought Joe Barry's ceiling was going to be Did he really think that he was going to come in and that these players were going to be able to just autopilot their way through everything, I I I really honestly have I have no idea. I have I have no idea. But it's if if you the only thing I can think of is that either Matt LaFleur did make the move because he doesn't like you said, he doesn't have anybody he wants to step into the role. But to me it was about making the statement and so he has decided it's better to not make that statement than to make it. And again, I don't know what's going on inside the locker room and and maybe if they play really well these last three weeks and it's like You know, I know Barry's up in the press box, so they can't lift him up on their shoulders and carry him off at Lambeau Field in a triumphant victory as they become the seventh seed in the the playoffs because they're not a playoff team anymore. These last two games have cost them their playoff seeding, and now they're like third or fourth in line. The Rams are the seventh seed, and the Packers now have to jump. I mean, we're at the point now where I still think their chances are uh, mathematically very high if they just win the three games, so they don't technically need help but it could come no, down they to that. Do.
1: it could they come mean, it could it could seattle come down and to them the rams both went out yeah they don't control their own destiny yeah, if they, yeah. If the rams and seattle both went out they would both be 10-7. yeah seven that eagles the, the, the eagles the
2: eagles drop in monday night was was tough i mean it's tough for the eagles and because they're on a, on a bit of a slide and they had super bowl aspirations and so i'm sure their fan base is handling that all very well are oh, they are the they, they putting the crisco way. on the light poles again <laughs> in, in philadelphia mark so that they don't
1: climb the light poles <laughs> Yeah, they they're they're, they're, they're nothing, there's nothing wrong up there.
2: But we but you know, in switching gears for a second here, and we can get back to the Joe Barry thing. But the NFL wants parity, and man, this season, Mark, yeah, holy cow! The, the, there's the,
1: seven teams that are seventy-seven.
2: The Seahawks beat the beat the Eagles, and and so I and and maybe that's part of of what the Packers are looking at, saying, hey, it's very this is this is the NFL these days. Like you know, yeah, we're going to lose some stupid games, and yeah, we're going to win some games that we shouldn't win, but. All you did was trade two really good wins and get everybody's hopes up for a huge, huge letdowns. I mean, the yeah. Bucks are not the dumpster that the Giants are. No. You know, your point earlier about the Giants aren't winning another game. They shouldn't. No. And their quarterback should definitely not be starting, at, you know, after this, this season. And once Daniel no. Jones comes back, obviously, just simply based on what the Giants are paying him, he's going to be the starting quarterback. It's not going to be Tommy DeVito. No. but He's not going to be on a team. It just is it's it's just it's just bad. And it's not like you're without so many players that you can you can make that excuse. Now, Rashawn Gary against the Bucks, one tackle, no sacks. I mean, they got five on the day. Kenny Clark had a really good day. JJ Anakbari, big play, big strip sack, fumble recovery. I mean, he had the the quadfecta. You know, he he made the entire play, he did everything. Took the ball right out of Baker's hands and then and got the Packers back in the end zone after they didn't convert on the fourth down. So it's I, I mean we're running out of we're running out of words here. I mean this is this is the defensive show and I know that that you know one of the things that we do is preview the game against Carolina. I guess at some point we can at this point honestly I don't even feel like we need to go through no. the Carolina Panthers no. or anything. I mean it's like just. Don't screw up. I don't know what else do we say here. Mark in in Carolina like y- you can't let Bryce Young who has I think only eclipsed 200 yards passing maybe four times this season. I think his highest passing output total is less than 250 yards and it just is are you worried that that the Packers are going to be the new bar setter, the new, you know, record the new record high for Bryce Young as an NFL quarterback because uh, it's a road game. Yeah, but there'll be more Packers fans than Panther fans. There. Well, there's more Packers fans than you know, that didn't that didn't help at Lambeau on Sunday. No.
1: <laughs> That's the thing that bothers me, like what went about Tampa. Tampa Bay, yeah, they're they're better than they're not awful. They're not all they're they're five they're five hundred team. It's what they are what they are. Todd Bowles is doing a decent better job than I thought they would with, 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 with what he has there. But um but they're not supposed to come into Lambeau and win. They're just not. And their quarterback damn sure isn't supposed to put up a perfect quarterback rating in Lambeau. That's just not supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, no. <laughs> I'll just tell no, you this.
2: I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. Adam Thielen, DJ Chark are both receivers for the Panthers. Mm-hmm. And if the Packers want to go full Giants and put no pressure on Bryce Young, I don't care how much he struggled or how bad he's been this year in certain spots. Adam Thielen and DJ Chark are going to get open. They're going to get deep. They're going to get behind the defense and it's, it's going to get ugly real quick if you don't have a decent plan for those guys. And unfortunately the guy that has to put the plan together is Joe Barry. Well,
1: so that leads me. So who are you picking this week?
2: <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, honestly, where that's, that's just, that's where it's at. So, I said I wasn't going to pick the Packers, and I said this on QuickSlant, so I haven't said it on Pack Day yet. I'm not picking the Packers until they win three in a row because I screwed up and picked them to beat the Giants, and they didn't. Yeah, of course, you did. and so I took Tampa, and that didn't work out either. So I'm going to just i'm I'm going to go. I'm going to stick with what was working way back, and I'm going to say. I think Carolina wins, and I'll, I'll call it 14 13. Just stupid score. Something dumb. Way low scoring.
1: 14 Doesn't play terrible now.
2: Yeah. 14 13, you know, Panthers, and Christmas is ruined, and uh, Twitter gets shut down. Like the entire platform gets shut down because of all the Packers fans that are, I mean, worldwide, because of all the Packers fans that are on it. What do you got? I'm not picking. I'm.
1: I'm. What what do lawyers do? Recusing yourself. Yeah, I'm because I live in (laughs) Carolina, so I'm a Packer fan, and I live in Castle. I'm I'm, conflict of interest for me this week. I'm not picking. I was. I I was actually going. You know, that's a true story. After the two wins, and everybody was hyped, and even after the giant loss. um, my wife brought this up actually, we, and, and and you know I've talked about my wife Tammy on the on the show before in the past. She's she was not a football fan. She's mm-hmm. still she's learned more in five years than she did in her first whatever many years. I'm not going to say her age, you know, about football. Well, when I told her that the the Packers were playing the Panthers on Christmas Eve, she said, "Can we get tickets?" I said, Can "We get tickets. They'll be giving them away." <laughs> the Panthers are, you know, the is it true that they, they were selling for like 50 cents last week or something? Well, the weather was really bad
2: because you, you mentioned it. I, th- I think the weather had more to do with the the lack of fans in the stands than the team,
1: right? Yeah, but, but Christmas Eve, Panther fans aren't going to be out in droves on a. It's Christmas Eve, right. And their team's bad. No, you're right. It'll be easy. My, my, my answer to it was, yeah, it'll be easy. Tickets won't be the problem. We were thinking about going, but not after the, too long. No.
2: Not anymore. No, not so I went to see the Packers play the Vikings on Christmas Eve in 2016. And even then, as good as the team was, it was a Saturday game, but it was a holiday and we were able to get, it was secondary market tickets, but we were able mm-hmm. to get them for not much above face value because of the well, holiday. And that was I, at Lambeau uh, to watch the Packers play a division rival. and And they still had to beat the Vikings to knock them out of the division race. Like, yeah, it, it it's if you want to if you want to see a game and you're going to be anywhere near this that stadium and you want to see the Packers play, this is your week to to celebrate the price it's you a nice paid. nice stadium too. Yeah, yeah, but I just
1: Carolina's a nice stadium.
2: Yeah, I I, I I just really don't. I mean, there's there is nothing, and I guess Carolina doesn't care because they don't have their they don't own their first overall pick that goes to the Bears. So. The fact Which that you know, the, the Packers, the Packers losing actually hurts the Bears. Yes, it does. <laughs> uh, so, it, you know, there's a silver lining there if the Packers don't win this game. I mean, do I would I put a, a significant amount of money down on Carolina beating the Packers? No, my pick is obviously for other reasons, but I I'm just it, we're frustrated. It's a frustrating time. It's just a dumbfounding time. And I guess if if anything really good came out of this whole thing, Mark, it gave us a whole show's worth of content to talk about. Yeah. It did. So um, now that the, I mean, it's it's still a Sunday game. We're still on on track. So I assume that your writing over pack report is is still similar. Where there's it was
1: a no, recap. No, that's a little different. Okay. Like, well, I'm, I mean, I have my analysis up. You know, after the game, like mm-hmm. I always do, and I'll do that again after the Carolina. But I'm not writing previews because I'm not pre like just because we like just as we didn't do a quote unquote preview of the. Packer defense against the Carolina offense. I'm writing about the. I'm writing about Barry, and I'm. I'm I have a list. I'm not going to say it. I'm going to make you make you. i I might tell tell you later, but and then, you know, all right. Barry's not going to. He's going to be the coordinator for for the rest of the year. But I'm. I'm going to give since since Matt Lafleur has a tough time making hires. I'm going to help him out. I'm. I'm going to give him some names of people that he should he should look into to to, to replace Joe Barry next year.
2: Okay. Is one as of them, one of them Christmas possibly, Christmas. and I know that that, are, are you only including coordinators that that are unemployed right now? Or are you including no. any names that might be unemployed?
1: Well, I'm including, you know, assistant coaches on some teams that would it would be a move up for them to become a coordinator. Because there's a
2: coordinator that's playing, that's that's going to be across the field from the Packers this year that I think some people would be interested in them looking at once again. The guy in Carolina you're talking about? Yes.
1: If he gets, um, again, he's on, he's one of the names. Everell. yep. Yeah, if but again, I don't we don't know what's going to happen there. They may the new coach may keep him. He is under contract still, so that but yeah, that that would there's guys like that that would have to things would have to happen for them to become available. There's I think two of those like that, but other there's a couple that are position coaches that I think would be would be good coordinators mm-hmm. based off what I know about them. And it's it's an interesting list, I think. Okay. Jim Leonard's not isn't is There's not, not one of them. Spoiler no, alert. I'm well, you mentioned that earlier in the show, so we knew that. Yeah, I'm done with it. We knew that. So, well, as my Christmas present to uh, Matt LaFleur.
2: That it is indeed, and we have to wish everybody a Merry Christmas because yes. it'll be, and this is our last show of, and wait, am I wrong? No, it's not our last show. We have one more. One more show in 2023 before we bid right. the year adieu. So, hopefully, it's a Merry Christmas. Hopefully, it is a much easier and better game to watch than it was this past week, which was very frustrating, but on we move. Hope everybody mm-hmm. has a really safe... Happy holidays. Stay warm wherever you're at. Everybody, thanks for rolling along with the Thursday edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. All that good stuff. We'll be back at it again next week. And as always, a holiday edition of Go Pack Go.